Howdy, Mountaineers. You know what time it is. I'm Kaylee Riccatelli coming at you with another episode of The Girls Who Get It. Now, it has been a wild week for women on and off the football field. So let's discuss, shall we? I've brought in my friend Sydney Wentz this week. Hey, hi, hello. Because we need to talk about one of the biggest storylines, dominating headlines this weekend, because I'm actually obsessed with this. Sydney, you know as well. I You know what I'm talking about. For reference of this, Kaylee's gonna give you like a live report. I was in the middle of a field at a music festival in Tennessee (laughs) this weekend and did not get back to service on my phone until probably like Sunday night at eleven. So like I had seen like the text coming through and like my friend had like mentioned like, oh Taylor Swift's at the Chiefs game and she's with Donna Kelsey. And I was like, oh my God. It's happening. Yeah, but it's I, happening because I listen to New Heights. Shout out to Travis and Jason. I'm a fellow Cleveland girly and I love your show very, very much. I am a 92%er. I'm a proud 92%er. Well, that's about to come up because while Sydney was in a field at a music festival, <laughs> I got uh, a text from Sydney saying, Zach Bryan just brought Noah Khan out to sing Sarah's Place. <laughs> And I could have thrown my phone across the room. We we also got Hey Driver with the Warren Treaty and Spotless with the Lumineers as an encore. That's literally insane. But I was having my own moment because a storyline that I have been following since July has finally come to fruition. So back in July, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey showed up to Arrowhead Stadium with a friendship bracelet and a dream. His goal Riz up the one and only Taylor Allison Swift. And then a couple weeks later on the New Heights podcast with Jason and Travis Kelsey, Kelsey revealed to his brother that he had tried to make a move on Swift at her Eras Tour concert by making her a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it. Sydney, a guy hands you a friendship bracelet with his phone number. Are you folding or not? I'm folding. Like, because that's the thing is like everyone's been talking about it on social media. And it's like the little things that are important to you. And it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, like the friendship bracelets are a very big thing for the Swifties. Like he made a bracelet himself with his phone number on it. Like literally. Like, hey. hey. And I think I think his brother had said your number like 87 or a different one. He said, hey, you know which one. And I <laughs> I love, I love the Travis Kelsey <laughs> However, poor, poor Travi was devastated to find that Taylor Swift apparently does not talk to anyone before and after her shows in order to save her voice because she does, in fact, sing 44 songs mm-hmm. on her set list. So he wasn't able to give it to her at the concert. Um, his brother Jason also brought up the fact that Swift, a Pennsylvania native, is an avid Eagles fan, even in one of her songs referencing an Eagles t-shirt on the door. Um, and could still be bitter about Philly's loss to the Chiefs in the 2023 Super Bowl. I know I would be. But I gotta say the best meme was shout out to Travis Kelsey. No, shout out. Yeah, shout out to the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift because they have now lost two things to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Super Bowl and Taylor Swift. <gasps> Poor Philly. Poor Philly. But the tides seem to turn. Just last week, as Travis Kelsey confirmed on the Pat McAfee show, shout out Pat McAfee, former Mountaineer, 
I love, I had never seen the Pat McAfee show before this weekend and I was with two boys that are avid Pat McAfee fans and I have, he has gained a, he has gained a new, like, consistent watcher. We love Pat McAfee. Uh, but Kelsey was finally able to plead his case for Swift's affection, saying, quote, I told her, you know, I've seen you rock the stage in Arrowhead. You might have to come see me rock the stage in Arrowhead and see which one's a little more lit, end quote. Despite football being his chosen sport, it seems Kelsey knows how to shoot a shot as Taylor Swift was seen in attendance for the Chiefs game at Arrowhead this past Sunday, sitting with his mother, Donna Kelsey, in his suite. Like, Jaws dropped. My jaw dropped. I immediately texted everyone I could think of who would actually be interested, and I said, oh my gosh, Taylor Swift is a Chiefs game. And then... The two were also seen leaving the stadium together and hitting the road in Travis's convertible. Now, social media has been all over this, with ESPN and the Chiefs even featuring Swift in a graphic for the final score of the game. The cameras seem to find her quite often throughout the game, like on broadcast, on the jumbotron in the stadium, everywhere. And this was one of my favorite parts. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes even said after the game that he knew he had to get Travis the ball since Taylor was there. (laughs) And that he did as Kelsey finished the game with seven receptions for 69 yards, including one touchdown. Listen, I need to get a wingman like Patty Mahomes, you know, because not only was he willing to be like, yeah, I'll give you the ball since there's a girl you're trying to impress, but also the confidence in Travis Kelsey, that he knew he mm-hmm. could do it. He was like, I'm going to give you this ball because yeah. I know you can do something. Like, everybody needs a Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Before we move on, I want to mention something that's been very, very important to me throughout all of this because everyone I've talked to, every guy I've talked to has been like, I don't get why everyone's losing their mind over this. I don't get, like, yes, she's big. I want to talk about the way she is being spoken about because for once it's very refreshing. I love yes. that they... For people who have followed Taylor Swift for a really long time, her dating history and her just, I don't want to say her reputation, but her reputation has kind of. Easter egg? Oh, Reputation Taylor version? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to startle our listeners with the reputation Easter egg. I I totally know when that's coming out. I'm Um, calling New Year's Day. I am too. But. She has always been kind of like talked about in like a very negative connotation when it comes to the people she's dating. But I think that it's very important to notice that one, a lot of people are coming at Travis. A lot of people are asking Travis first, like, oh, you're dating him. Like it's become a very public thing on his end. She hasn't been grilled about it. She also hasn't done press as she is still kind of in that limbo move between tours. We don't know if she's talking a ton or not, but she hasn't done any pressers on it. But I think it's very interesting to see, like, for once, it is not a, like, shade-throwing situation. The world seems happy for her. Things seem to be going her way. I'm very happy for her. 
we, we won the American Revolution, guys. And, and it's throw, the, throw the tea in the harbor, America, USA. <laughs> We've defeated the British. USA, <laughs> USA, but USA. It's, like, it's like she's getting to have a little more fun with this one. Like oh, it's absolutely. Just, it's people just talking about the story of it all and like that kind of thing and not like, and there have been people who are saying, oh, bro, we're going to get a new album. But like, it's like in a positive way that like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't wait to see the album that comes out of this I one. Li- but I liked that people talked about like, oh, we're going to get reputation when she's falling in love again and I like it <gasps> yeah I like it that way because people don't know that like when she wrote reputation she was in a new relationship because it was like what six years and heartbreaking six years ago <laughs> did you did you notice where one Travis Kelsey was also born in 1989 and the thing with her grandma is actually he has the same birthday the as her late grandma Marjorie list and craziest coincidence but i think it's so sweet because i love the i love the, i'm a numbers person too and i love the i just love when number like that stuff like that just like it's mm. very sweet it's so i love sweet. it it's so cool speaking of numbers have you seen how much travis kelsey's jersey sales have increased just you, since sunday so you told me this so you say the number and then i'm going to tell you what i learned from new heights actually are you looking at the number right now yes okay because I was going to have you ballpark it and try to guess. Kelsey jersey sales, Travis Kelsey specifically, have gone up 400% since Sunday. It's Tuesday when we're filming this, by the way. That's two days. In two days, his jersey sales have gone up 400% just because Taylor Swift showed up at his game. It's because the all the girls... power gr- that you know, woman has. You know what it is? No, you know what it is. It's all the girlfriends buying their boyfriend's <gasps> Halloween costume. <laughs> oh, wait! <gasps> That's what it is. I'm telling you, I'm calling it. I'm calling it. A Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey couples call. Love to Travis. (laughs) Love to Travis. But what I was going to say is during the Kylie Kelsey episode of New Heights, Travis pulled out this number and goes, Jason Kelsey's number 62, Kelly Green Jersey, is the highest sold jersey among women. (gasps) Sorry, Jason. I think you got booted. We love you, but I think you got bumped to number Dose. Or do you think the jersey sales are boyfriends buying their girlfriends a jersey for the football player they know now <laughs> because he's oh, yeah. dating Taylor babe, Swift? Babe, yeah, babe, I'm so glad that we can watch football together now. Here's, Here's a, a jersey, jersey. <laughs> of the guy that's dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> also, it's so nice to see that or that women are interested in football. <laughs> I mean. But also, because it's usually a woman being recognized. It's not nice to see, but like it's usually a woman being associated with her boyfriend fiance whoever oh, but and now, now he is being associated with, with her Taylor. I mean it's, and it's not nice to see because people should be recognized independent of their significant other but it's just funny to see it's like refreshing the table to, slip but it's refreshing to see it from a Taylor Swift standpoint because like you almost always think it sounds horrible but like when I think of them like I love her dearly and I think she's another example of people are starting to think of her independent of her husband is Allison Kutch Allison Rochelle he goes by Isaac Kutch because he plays for the Raiders. Oh. She's a very big NFL wife on TikTok. And I think she yeah. is someone that's like taken the prominence over her husband. And I think it's really, it's a refreshing thing to see in sports, but I think it sounds horrible. I think anyone on the planet is taking the backseat to Taylor Swift. Yeah. Even if it is Uncle Travi. <laughs> I'm so excited because I I really hope that, I don't, I know they're young, but I part of me really, really hopes that Wyatt Kelsey is like a really big Taylor Swift fan. Is she just going to be like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) You said, you said, Aunt Taylor. You said, Uncle Travi, who is this lady? Oh my gosh. Well, enough of that. How about we get to the ladies 
on the football field. I love this. I'm so excited. Because we've got another one who made history. Shenandoah University safety, Haley Van Voris, just made history as the first female non-kicker to play in an NCAA college football game. I love this. This is so amazing. Van Voris took the field in the first quarter where she registered a quarterback hurry that led to an incomplete pass on third down for Shenandoah's opponent, Juniata College. Now, the first woman to play and score in an NCAA game was Willamette University kicker Liz Heaston in 1997. After that, place kicker Katie Nida, Nida, I I forgot to look up that pronunciation. My apologies if I butchered that. Became the first woman to score in a Division I-A game when she registered or when she played for the University of New Mexico in 2003. And then in 2020, Vanderbilt University soccer player, who I remember watching this mm-hmm. story kind of unfold. Um, Sarah Fuller played for the Vanderbilt University soccer team. And then I think the football team roster was short because that was COVID and there were players that couldn't go in and they needed someone to come on. And uh, so they pulled Sarah from the soccer team and she became the first woman to play and score in a power five college football game. Uh, I believe she played for Vanderbilt for two games. I loved, I love Sarah Fuller. I love following her. I still follow her on Instagram. I, I do too. She's awesome. She's such a cool person. I don't remember if I follow her on Instagram or TikTok. I follow one of them. And I think she actually is getting her master's right now, mm-hmm. I believe, which is so awesome. Uh, Van Voris, a junior, or Haley Van Voris, who was the girl from Shenandoah University, uh, played football and basketball in high school and was recognized for her achievements in both. Uh, This is her first year suiting up for Shenandoah's varsity football team. Shenandoah football coach Scott Yoder said Haley earned her spot on the team, and it's great to see her make the most of the opportunity. I know um, even Coach Neil Brown, uh, after the Duquesne game when we had like a freshman standout in there, was talking about making the most of opportunities, and this is just another example of that. Both Van Voris and Shenandoah president Tracy Fitzsimmons have noted the significant step forward that this is for women everywhere with the latter which is their president stating what makes this particularly exciting is that Haley's accomplishment is not just a well-earned personal achievement but also a victory for all women and girls end quote which is such a perfect way to wrap it up because not only did she you know make onto the varsity team get in the game you know force an incomplete pass on third down like this is also she's the first woman to do that which I think is absolutely fantastic. Sydney, did you you saw this story, right? Yes, I sent this to you last night on Instagram, and I was like, yes. I really think we need to talk about this. I think it's really, really, like, to come off of, like, these two big football, like, this big football story and, like, professional football, I think this is the coolest thing. Yeah, women are just having a day in football everywhere. Because, actually, even before you sent that to me, I'd seen that, and I said, oh, there's our podcast topic, mm-hmm. women in football. Because it's something that's kind of been emerging more recently, especially with Sarah Fuller three years mm-hmm. ago, that, you know, why why aren't more women playing football? Or why is it such a, like, a stigmatized thing? Or like, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> but while Van Voorhis has been praised across the board for her accomplishment, unfortunately, must, much like Sarah Fuller's short run with Vanderbilt, Haley Van Voorhis has been the subject of criticism online with some discounting her achievements for a multitude of reasons, including the fact that she had just made varsity her junior year, she had one significant play in the game, her tackle was less than perfect, which 
is a horrible excuse because if I could talk about some of the tackles I have seen on both sides of the ball for the West Virginia Mountaineers this year, y'all wouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> but, and also the fact that Shenandoah is a Division three school, they've been saying it's not that big of an accomplishment because it's a small stage, it's a small play, but the fact of the matter is this woman just made history. Like, no woman has taken the field in a college football game outside the, ki- the kicker position until right now. And that's impressive that she's done that now. Like, she, this, is, this is groundbreaking. So no matter how many plays she was in for, she earned that opportunity and she earned that spot in history. Now, here's to hoping it doesn't take us almost another 20 years to break out of the, posi- the kicker position in the Power Five. Right, ladies. Who who wants to who wants to bite the bullet on that it, one? It wouldn't be me playing football, but I give <laughs> I give her so much credit just because I my brother played football and he played both sides of the like offensive and defensive line, yeah. and I'm like, what does it feel like to hit another human being with all your might? <laughs> like literally, I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. Is I'm like, if she's getting hit, if like, if she's running the ball, she's running a risk of getting hit. Like, what does that feel like, whether you're a man or a woman? Yeah, no. I mean, granted, I grew up with an older brother, so I've been tackled several times. Against my will. I grew, like, that I was grew up involuntarily. With a, I grew up with a younger brother who then grew bigger than me, and then I stopped fighting him because I was afraid. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but while we may not have any girls on our football team— supposedly, we do have some girls tearing it up across WVU athletics right now. The women's soccer team pulled out a one nothing win against Iowa State last Thursday to secure their first Big 12 win and continue their undefeated record against the Cyclones. The Mountaineers, the women's like WVU soccer team, is 12-0 and against the Iowa State Cyclones all time. Isn't that sick? That's insane. I love that. Maya McCutcheon's 76th minute goal in that game was her first goal ever. So congratulations to Maya. That's huge. Oh my gosh. Mountaineers goalie Kaza Macy also racked up four stops throughout the game, giving the WVU defense their fourth shutout of the season. The team then lost to TCU 1-5 on Sunday with their lone goal coming from forward Taylor White. But coming up for the Mountaineers, it's horns down this Thursday at 8 p.m. as the ladies' soccer team takes on Texas September 28th in Austin. Then they travel a few cities over to play the University of Houston on Sunday, October 1st at 2 p.m. Then the WVU volleyball team dropped two matches to Iowa State last week, but they're staying in the Coliseum this week to battle Kansas State on Wednesday the 27th at 6 p.m. and Chicago State on September 30th at 1 But despite their two losses last week, the young volleyball team did see standout performances from their freshmen and sophomores like Maddie McGath, Bailey Miller, and Tierney Jackson, as well as reliable upperclassmen like Haley Green, Lauren Delo, and Camila Kovis. But flipping the script, checking in on our dear sweet Kens, the men's soccer team still has a zero in the loss column, beating Dayton 1-0 last Tuesday and tying with Georgia Southern on Friday. The Mountaineers' only goal last week was from redshirt senior Sergio Orz Navarro. 
And by the time this is released, the Mountaineers will have played UNC Greensboro on Tuesday, which that game hasn't started yet, so I can't tell you how that's going. But then they'll play Georgia State in Atlanta at 2 p.m. on Thursday. Last but not least, the football team also notched their first Big 12 win of the season against Texas Tech in Milan Pushgar on Saturday with a 20-13 victory. Now, Sydney, I know you missed this game because you were in a field. In a field. for I was still watching. I was getting updates. I was <gasps> oh, having nice. my, my Morgantown people were sending me updates. See, I uh, I stayed for the first half, but I was among the fans there who did not prepare for it to rain as much as it did. And as much fun as I was having, I... I know someone who stuck it out. Shout out to them. Yeah, see, I was in like a sweatshirt and a very thin poncho, and I felt like transparent. Like I was being blown through by the wind. I was like, I love this, but like I can't feel my hands anymore. And I can hardly, like, I I could hardly do the third down thing because I couldn't move my fingers. So, um, yeah. But redshirt freshman Nico Marquial started at quarterback for the Mountaineers, replacing junior Garrett Green, who is still out with an ankle injury. It was cold and rainy, but WVU still managed to score two touchdowns and two field goals in their win. It's still horns down for the football team this weekend as the Mountaineers head to Fort Worth this Saturday to play the TCU Horned Frogs. That's still horns. Do you, do, you, do you call that horns down, Sydney? I don't. I always wondered. My Like, I always used to make jokes with my dad when they would do, like, the little horn frog thing. My dad's like, what? And it looks. What is it? it did, have you ever, like, did you do, because I know my, I think it was my elementary or middle school or something, where you, like, we, you, you call it like a frog when you stick your middle knuckle up and then punch somebody and it like drives that knuckle. Did you ever do that? That, cause that That's I, what I, I can't say I have. That's what their little hand thing looks like. I just like I'm like this fair, just fair looks enough. like well horn frogs down. Yeah. Horns down. As they play the TCU Horned Frogs at 8 p.m. this Saturday. Now, I know y'all were probably getting used to watching the Mountaineers in person as we had like three home games in a row. But if you don't feel like going all the way to Fort Worth, you can still catch that game on ESPN2. Sydney, after three wins in a row, are you or are you not trusting the climb? I got a text from somebody. It was a really funny meme of Neil Brown in a car, and it's a get in the You loser, we're trusting the climb again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know what? I am, a, I am not a trusting of the climber, but... I have more faith in this team than I have any other West Virginia team in my four years at the school. I respect that. I respect that. I have that. more faith in them than I do any team. See, I'm I'm of waiting my past years. I'm waiting school. I'm waiting for the TCU outcome before I trust like mm-hmm. oh, I'm, absolutely. I'm 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 this put, will I'm, I'm this will this will determine if I take my next if I lose my footing or not in my trusting of the climb. I'm putting my gear on right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not trusting the climb yet. Okay. But I might be, I'm, I'm on the wall a little bit, but I might lose my footing. Now, if, the, if they beat TCU, I might start climbing. Mm-hmm. I might start, I might jump on that, that, the trust climb. But that is all we have for you guys this time. I hope you all enjoyed listening to Angelica Trinone mm-hmm. last week because I know I did. Sydney was in the room with me. It like was such a fun time. We had and such a good time. We we would just kind of like look at each other occasionally and be like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Like she had so much to say and it was all phenomenal. But we've got 
More guests like Angelica lined up in the weeks to come, so keep listening. But for now, we'll leave you there because the girls who get it, get it. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye. 